We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. We are joined by an illustrious guest who we will introduce momentarily. But first, I wanted to give a shout out to our presenting chess education sponsor, Chessable.com. Our guest just played a notable tournament where she had openings, including the French Defense, the Nimzo, the Catalan, the Queen's Gambit Decline. Guess what? You can learn about all those openings and much more on Chessable. They have uh, so many courses that you can choose from. You can check out some of my personal favorites. I'll link to that in the show description. But I am super excited to introduce our guest this week, someone I've wanted to interview for a long time and now more than ever because she is coming off of an incredible performance in the 2023 Cairns Cup where she was the lower, lowest rated player in the field, but won the tournament with a round to spare, securing a Grandmaster Norm. She's also a four-time U.S. women's champion, a former Ukrainian women's champion. She is originally from Ukraine. She's a perennial U.S. national team member, and I am excited to welcome Anna Zatonsky to the show. Welcome, Anna. Yeah, hi, everyone. I'm glad to be here. Very nice to meet you, too. Yeah, super excited to chat with you, because, Anna, on this podcast, I have the privilege of privilege of interviewing many accomplished professionals like yourself, but I also interview a lot of amateurs who are trying to get better at chess. I'm in my 40s. You're in your 40s. We know it doesn't get any easier as the years go on. And you had this standout performance against some of the best woman players in the world. Uh, did you have a sense going into this tournament that that things might go your way? 
No, okay, it's my go my way, but not that I didn't expect, of, of course, to take first place. And even top three would be like a dream for me. Yeah, because I had extremely uh, difficult year. I lost uh, so many points and rating points, and I was so happy to get back and to play my uh, like good chess, like I played uh, 10 years ago. Now my rating is very low, but I used to be 2500, 2537. And I'm very happy to uh, uh, to play as good as I played, let's say, 10 years ago. So like quality of chess, it's, uh, yes, very, very good. And did you, and we've all been there, by the way. I mean, I think that ratings might be going down across the board, at least at the non-elite level. But nonetheless, it's, it's frustrating. Um, Anna, did you uh, do anything special to prepare for this tournament? Okay, I didn't do much because I have two kids and a lot of work at home. And before this tournament, I did only calculation, training calculation skills. I was, okay, repeating my openings, but mostly focused on uh, solving some puzzles and study end game studies. Okay, and so what was your source for the end game studies? <laughs> this uh this was um i think some old, i have all the book it's like uh vladimirov it's a thousand and one chess study and uh, you can find a uh, okay i like in the game study but sometimes they were artificial right and but this book goes like two pieces versus two pieces like two white pieces versus two black pieces and it goes like two with a three and it goes i think up to seven for one side, I'm not sure actually because <laughs> I didn't solve. This is already I already solved all studies from this puzzles puzzle book um, years ago. But you went back but and now, did it more. Yes, yes. Okay, I did it like uh, ten years ago or more, and of course I don't remember all solutions there. Sounds okay. familiar, but yeah. right, yeah, it looks vaguely familiar. Uh, so, how much time were you able to do? Uh, are we talking an hour a day, three hours a day, as you did no, start? To... Definitely more than an hour a day. And it also depends. But sometimes, like, say, I got a call from school that uh, kid is sick and you have to go to pick pick him up. And, uh, okay, the goal was uh, five hours, but not every day I managed to do it. But two, three hours, yes, I was trying to do it or more. Okay, and if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe your your tournament preceding Cairns Cup was the World Rapid and Blitz. Did you have anything in between, maybe like uh, a league game or anything like that? Uh, I I played I played a tournament in Norway. I played American Cup, all of them without big success. Okay, so you so I you've been in Norway, very nice tournament, and I played also uh, in a league, an Austrian Championship, and I played for a German team, one game in. Uh, Belgium for my Belgium club, Wiersfeld, and in, in Netherlands. This but was everywhere, obviously... just couple, yes, but just one or two games. Okay. Um, so when you do start to ramp up and start to spend, you know, sometimes five hours a day on end game studies, like how far in advance of Karen's Cup did you start to do that? Uh good question. Maybe a month or more. Okay. But I will start planning and I was like trying to analyze what I was doing wrong over the last year, why my rating uh, dropped uh, as uh, that much. Yes, because I like last year I was to over 2400 and now like beginning this tournament, I was 23, 27, I believe. Right. Right. So I was like trying to change something in life, change something in the routine, trying to think maybe more positively, more focused. 
certain things I wanted to cut, certain things to change my beliefs a little bit. And so when you did this sort of comprehensive review, what what stuck out? Was there anything that you felt that you like? I did um, change something. I did change something. Maybe it's like (laughs) a little bit private things to talk. And I I um, I believed in myself much more. So then I used to do and uh, like I was uh, uh, working on my self-confidence mostly. Okay. So, yes. And when you're getting older, sometimes you're making so many blunders and you stop believing in your calculations and you're playing game. You're afraid to go in some sharp lines because you're afraid of a blunder, one more blunder. And you need to, okay, even if it will happen to you, it will happen in one or two games and the rest you will win. So I need to change this perspective and also it uh, requires to change a little bit attitude to life. Also in everyday life, I should believe more in myself. That's, That's very... my feeling. And that that I, I think I change it a little bit and uh, like trusting uh, trust in, in myself. So it's, <laughs> I think it's probably also helped me during the chess games. It's very relatable, Anna. I, I can definitely, um, I can definitely understand having those feelings. I, I encounter them myself. So, was your decision to focus on endgame studies and calculation work? Was that as a way to boost confidence, and was that sort of targeted based on your assessment of where your game was, or is that kind of what you would do no matter what? No, this is also something uh, earlier before, before I was mostly focused on my openings. And I remember when I was 25 years old, I used to train my calculation skills a lot. Yeah, because back in these years, you didn't have much uh, resources. Now you have Chessable also, which, <laughs> which I also use sometimes. And uh, uh, back in old days, uh, it was very easy to calculate. It was something to very easy to focus on. And now I decided to like recall this uh, feeling and do something which I did when I was young. And this was my decision. It was uh, my husband is my coach and uh, he's helping me a lot with opening. And I'm very thankful uh, to him for this. But uh, like training this calculation, it was my decision to focus on this field before the event. And I think it will help me more than um, maybe... Uh, knowledge, like extremely deep knowledge on certain openings. Okay. Yeah. And for listeners, Anna's husband is three-time German champion, Grandmaster Daniel Friedman. So good, good person to have around the house, right? Yes. Yes. It's very, it's, it's very, it's very nice. Like before the game, I need to, I have a problem on this line and this line, could you please check it? And uh, I, I know even, even if this line will not happen over the board, it's very nice to have for, uh, to have uh, uh, to have this feeling if this happened, uh, like you are confident, you know what to do. Yeah, that makes sense. And is your husband obviously as such a strong player, he's going to have a good amount of opening knowledge to begin with. But is he is he particularly well versed in your openings or will he have to look something up at times if you ask him? Uh, sometimes, about one of- sometimes I'm asking. Uh, yeah, of course, for him, it's uh, much easier just to send his uh, his own uh, analysis, but sometimes he he has to look on certain lines which he is not playing just for me. Okay, and and Anna, getting back to the calculation work you're doing, so five hours a day, super impressive for a busy. Not busy every month. day. Not every day. It was maybe just. <laughs> It was a goal. Yeah, I mean, any day. It's impressive as far as I'm concerned. So 
let me ask you, are you taking breaks or do you just go straight through? Like what is, what is your approach to I'm sort of- I'm taking breaks. Unfortunately, I'm taking breaks, but usually when I'm taking break, I use uh, chess, uh, a chess clock and I just, pa- I, I just pause. When I go somewhere, I just pause. Okay. And do you give yourself a certain amount of time per endgame study or how do you approach that part? Uh, yes, I-, I um... Okay, usually if I cannot solve it and I'm really frustrated, I think, okay, half an hour is like absolutely maximum. Okay. Uh, maybe even less. If uh, if I'm not, not making any uh, like progress, I have feeling that it goes my way and I'm like about to solve it, then I can think longer. Oh, and wow. When it's like absolutely, when I've said, okay, I, I see it and no idea what's going on. So maybe it doesn't make sense just to look, <laughs> look for the board uh, for like and, less than 20 minutes. And obviously you had great results in the tournament. Um, did you, could you feel that the work made a difference on top of that, like independent of the results? Actually, I, I don't know what what uh, was like such a huge difference between my performance in comparison, let's say in US Championship or Cairns Cup. And this is a, a huge mystery how our brains work. Right. And I don't, I don't quite understand. And I was trying to like, um, uh, during my Cairns Cup, to do everything, uh, like round after round, like this exactly the same routine was I had in first round and in lo- okay, in last one, unfortunately not in uh, round number eight. Like, so, what sort of routine did you do? Uh, I was working up around seven, eight, and I went for a walk. In St. Louis, there is a nice uh, park, like, very beautiful and very nice walk. So I was walking there for half an hour, an hour. I drank coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> and some sweets. I ate a little bit before the game and during the game also a little bit. I don't know. And then good dinner. Maybe it's not good for diet, <laughs> right. but probably was good for chess. I don't know. Okay. And did your husband and family accompany you or were you there on your own? No, no. I was on my own. Yeah. Okay. And obviously you've competed with someone like Irina Crush so many times, and I'm sure a lot of the other competitors, like what is the balance, Anna, between sort of catching up with these people who are your professional colleagues and them being your competitors in this particular event? Uh, We have a very good relationship uh, with each other, very nice uh, relationship. And uh, uh, you can divide like chess, chess game and uh, like life. So we have like I have many friends in chess world, and uh, yes, okay. Uh, I'm not probably the best friends with Irina, but we like after the game we were smiling to each other, talking uh, about uh, like uh, missing opportunities for both sides. So we have like absolutely normal. Um, yeah, and that was that was a long game. It was a long game, and <laughs> it was interesting. It was interesting. I could claim uh, draw uh, three moves earlier. But I don't know, I just gave a couple checks. And then I came home and checked what was in chess database, what was my longest game. And um, my before Irina's game, it was uh, a game versus Nazi by kids, 129 moves. So I beat my record by one move. <laughs> you, so you beat a few records this tournament. Um... Yes, yes, this is one <laughs> of them. And uh, I don't know, like I asked my father to check it, but I'm not sure. I think I played the longest game. That amount of moves I made in this tournament was, this was highest, but I need to check it. I need to check it. Yeah, I read that your four black wins averaged over 60 moves each. 
Yes, and uh, like a game with, with Irina probably will boost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that that shoots the average way up. So obviously, something like that requires a lot of stamina. Something, as we alluded to, we're both parents in our forties. That gets harder. Um, how how do you approach that aspect? You mentioned going for walks. Like, uh, I guess five hour training sessions are a good start. But do you put any special emphasis on sort of making sure you can play well, like deep into a game? Oh. Uh this i don't know i don't know like usually i'm playing like all my life my strong side was concentration during the game usually i'm extremely focused i don't see what's going on around and if you see my pictures during the game i have a, a completely different face expression so <laughs> i just like um i like uh, pictures from st louis uh, where after the tournament and during the game so I'm very focused, but this uh, was uh, in my entire life. Okay, so you so, think that's... Uh, I don't see what's going on around and uh, just uh, very focused during Okay, the and even you alluded to sort of having been in a slump prior to that, but, but your rating going down, it wasn't because you were blundering in the fourth or fifth hour. There were other factors... It, no, no, it was also like uh, I made a lot of blunders. I just didn't uh, see a board. I... I don't know, like oh, some blunders in calculations and getting tired. There are many, like just plain wars. Yeah. And um, I thought maybe this is age and I cannot come back. And there is certain age, certain uh, stage where you have to probably um, stop playing professional chess, right? Or you can play chess, enjoy the game, but maybe you will not play like for Olympiad and uh, various like US championships. And I thought also before the tournament, is it at this point or not? yet well it's good that you work hard so that at least yes, you can I'm, find I'm out very glad and this is not and before the tournament i had conversation with my friend who is like much older than me and i asked him how how was was his experience why he was and if i have a chance what he what he thinks if i will work hard if i have a chance or if i don't have a chance and this was very interesting to know what did he say an old, older generation uh he also said uh, he doesn't know, but uh, like I should like really work hard, yes, and change a lot of things. If and if I'm ready, if I'm if I can work hard, if I ready to do it, and um, if I have energy for this, and these answers I also didn't have answers, so I tried, and I'm very happy. Yeah, it's a it's a great like story. It's it's really inspiring, Anna, and. Did you, was it hard for you to find the motivation to work that hard leading up to this tournament? Okay, motivation was so that I'm last in the tournament. I don't want to take last place. <laughs> I don't want to lose many games. I like, if you're 100 rating points lower than uh, number nine. Yes, uh, this was motivation for me. Uh, I had feeling that St. Louis Chess Club um, uh, is doing so much for chess, for chess players that treat us like celebrities. And I really wanted to prove that uh, I deserve it. And especially also, I had this feeling that they could invite another American player for the tournament. Okay, when uh, I got invited, probably, probably I was number two or something or very close. Yeah, because it was way before I probably got invitation in December or January something like that and my rating was not that low <laughs> was much higher and um, or even earlier i forgot one probably even earlier i need to check 
Okay. Yes, and this was my motivation. I hate losing. I don't want to lose, and I don't want to come in last place. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, okay, even if in last place, then win a couple games, so a couple draws. So that was my motivation before the event. And at what point did you start to think about earning a, earning a Grandmaster norm? Was that, did that become... I was thinking about this norm only, only after round eight. After seventh game, after I did it. Okay. It wasn't... I didn't think, yeah, because I know this can be like, uh, it can put a lot of pressure. Right. I've been there before. I missed my GM norms by uh, half a point, not winning last round. I remember in Curacao, I had completely winning position against Alex Shabalov, and I didn't win. And also um, in Linzburg many years ago, I had, I, I was there before. So I didn't win in last round, completely winning positions. So I didn't think about this norm at all. And, and is also, this... Sorry, go I, ahead. Was not, I was not sure that I can have norm from eight games. Ah, right. Yeah. Which yeah, I, wanted... I, re I read on FIDE, I could not get a norm, but then it was some exception if one player withdrew. Yes. Yeah, so for listeners, uh, Humpy Kaneru unfortunately had to withdraw fairly early in the tournament, which made it sort of unusual because she played a couple early games that didn't count. Uh, have you ever encountered anything like that before, Anna? Oh, uh, no, no, not in close tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in this case, I mean, it was unfortunate Um for Alexandra Kostinyuk, who, of course, had beaten her early. But, I mean, I guess there there's nothing to be done. I mean, people get sick. What what, what can you do? Yes. Yeah. But in any event, just, just an incredible tournament. So you won $45,000, correct? Yes. <laughs> any uh, any big expenditures coming? Are you going to splurge? Do you, know, do you know what splurge means? Like buy yourself anything nice or buy your family anything yeah, nice? I want, I want to like right, right now, this is like last school, last day of school vacation. And uh, I went shopping, but I had to buy like so many things for kids. And I was looking, okay, I wanted this dress, but I didn't have a, a time to try it on. <laughs> So these days we're very busy with school, with preparing for our trip, for school vacation. And uh, like uh, suddenly I became like celebrity. Many people like asking me for interview to annotate games and uh, like everything together. And I just don't know like where to start. That... So this will be after I will I will do all these things. I will probably think about, yes, about my price. And of course, it's my highest price in my Chess career, second yeah. highest was three times less. less. Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a nice payday for sure. Um, so, is this your first Grandmaster Norm? You mentioned a couple near misses. Yes, this is my first one, but uh, actually, this is not my best performance. Uh, Ten years ago, I had the same uh, average rating tournament. Okay, slightly less, but the same category. And uh, I had seven points out of eight. Wow. In Bundesliga West in Germany for my team, for Bochum, uh, uh, for Bochum 2. And, uh, but I'm not sure. There it was eight rounds and only th two GMs. I'm not sure if it's count like a norm. Probably not. Okay. Yeah, and but... does getting this norm, does that change your chess ambition at all? Do you now want to chase more norms or 
just focus on your I, career. I still didn't realize yet what like how this tournament will affect on my chess career. So what do I want to do? Like to get to focus to play some GM norm tournaments or play just uh, US Championship, Karen's Cup, Olympics. It's still a lot. Yeah. So I don't know yet. Yeah, it's a lot to process, but you do have the rating, right? Because you were over 2,500. You, yes, you... yes, I was over 2,500 like for a couple of years, I think. Yes, yeah, so it's like rating is not a problem. And before this tournament, I think, uh, uh, okay, uh, Alexandra and Kanero had higher rating, maybe Nana Zagnidze, but the rest of the tournament was never in their life so high as me. But my on my peak, I'm in. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's... um. I mean, ratings fluctuate. What can you say? But it, but it is, like I've been saying, I mean, it's so encouraging to see that you had this level before, you redoubled your efforts, you focused, and you you showed that, that it's still there. You, you cannot imagine like how like old generation was supporting me. And I think there is a hope for everyone because I have friend, many friends around my age. And this is so not easy to remain the same level. If you want to remain the same level, you need to work really hard. Yeah. Um, so what's so Anna, I know you're going, you're doing some traveling with your family. You mentioned before we started recording. I should mention, by the way, because this interview won't be out for a while. Uh, we're recording on June 21st, just in case something mm -hmm. crazy happens in the chess world. I'm gonna mention that. Um, so Anna, beyond your family travel time, do you have any what else is on your chess calendar? Um, on my chess calendar, uh I know for sure that US Championship in October and uh, maybe World Team Championship in Poland. Okay. And when is that? In uh, September. Okay. So you've got so some... Maybe, maybe maybe Team Championship in Dusseldorf, but I'm not sure about this one. Okay. Um, so you've got a bit of time to sort of process this big change in your life. Yes, yes. And... Um, Do you think you'll keep... Just... Uh, Sorry, like in this role, uh, I've uh, I won last year's championship many years ago, and uh, somehow I didn't have like many big successes recently. Okay, so uh, like one Olympiad, I was uh, I think I played one Olympiad, like I had like the best performance after like five rounds or something similar. I was doing very good on first board, but then I then it ended up not so good. But for many years, it's um such a success for me and i'm so happy about it yeah it's it's amazing to see so do you think that working on calculation again you you targeted that as something for your own game but you mentioned you have colleagues around your age who are also taking inspiration from what you've done and there's a lot of people listening and myself included like i also would like my rating to stop going down. Um, so I'm curious, do you think calculation is generally something that as you get older, you need to emphasize or is it still too individual to say? I think we, like my father always told me, you have to like look inside yourself and see what, what helps you to play better. So I, I still not like hundred percent sure if it's, if it was just calculate training calculations or something different or anything else you have to you have to see you had a good tournament and you have to analyze uh, what you did there yeah so i think it's very important and maybe so what is like comfortable openings comfortable friends around or anything what helps you to be in this good shape 
Yes, this is very important. And many coaches said, okay, if you didn't play tournaments, just do some tactics before. Yeah. Like solving. And uh, also I, I did tactics from computer as well. So I did oh, like, so like, uh, like yes, a tactics just, trainer. just tactics. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was getting. So this, this is not bad. This is not bad. If you don't know what to do, just train your tactic skills, tactic calculation. So this always good before the tournament. For me, it's worked out. And uh, uh, like I said before, I believed in my calculations. And uh, also, <laughs> even in this tournament, I had some um, uh, blunders, but it didn't cost me uh, points. Like I missed some stalemate versus. Uh, Bella um, Khatinashvili and uh, yes, I could uh, uh, I could draw Irina much earlier on move 32 and uh, but still I, I, I draw like 100 moves later <laughs> Yeah, I saw the stalemate trick that you mentioned um, yes, this may yes. have, Thanks I, God I didn't see this during the game Yeah, and I forgot to watch the post-game interview in preparation for this interview Did did you find out like while being interviewed or how did you find yes, out about yes, that? Yes, I think, yes, an interview. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so for listeners, it's a classic stalemate trick. One of these things where there's a couple pawns on the board, so you wouldn't necessarily expect that, that uh, Anna's opponent could have sacrificed her rook and uh, um, escaped with a draw. So, yeah. But funny funny thing, I, I have seen this checkmate before, the, uh, not checkmate, stalemate before. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's this a... is not something new for me, and I don't know how it happened. Huh. Did you play that move quickly or did you? Yes, quickly. I was thinking that I'm winning and I probably lost my concentration. I'm winning anyway, but any move and uh, I just huh. didn't see it. And you, and you didn't know. The worst is when you when you realize it after you move. That didn't happen, did it? Yes, you didn't... can you imagine? I would definitely have something on my face. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but but luckily that didn't happen. Well, well, Anna, just an amazing tournament. And as I said, so inspiring. Um, but I would like to to discuss a couple other topics if if you're up for it. Sure. We will be right back with more from WGM Anna Zatansky. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. 
you're from Ukraine. You're from Mariupol. Did I did I say that right? Yes, yes. From okay. Mariupol. Which uh, has been occupied by Russia, unfortunately, um, for uh, close, I guess, about a year now. Um, so yeah, over a year. Yeah. So are a lot of your friends and loved ones uh, affected? I mean, I, they must be affected by this. Uh, yes, my mom uh, died seven years ago, but my father was able to escape from Mariupol second day of war. But we have many friends who came to us and uh, my uh, 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 kids, now adults, of course, with whom I played chess when I was like 10 years old, 10 years old, maybe even earlier. Okay. So they were able to escape later. And right, right now I don't have like, oh, yes, I just uh, maybe one person who is like, who's close, who is still in Mariupol, but most of them was able to escape their life in other parts of Ukraine. Unfortunately, some of them uh, died. And uh, yes, and they move in uh, like some in Israel, some in uh, America, in Ukraine, in Germany. Yes. That's awful. Um, yeah, it's it's got to be a, a frustrating. I don't uh, uh, I don't live in Mariupol already for over 20 years. Uh huh. But of course, my parents lived there, and before this, um, uh, uh, this situation with Donbass, when it was like first war there, it was uh, 2004. I didn't go there since then. Okay. Because it was so close to this area, which is yeah, which was already disputed. Yeah, which was was already like uh, a Donbass. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm glad to hear that that your dad is okay. Did he stay in Ukraine? Do you mind saying or? Did no, no, he... he's 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 staying with us. He's okay. you know, like close. He has his own apartment. His uh, new life already. Okay. Oh wow! And he's a he's a master level player as well, right? Yeah, he's master he's master feeder, and um, yes, he was watching my games, not sleeping. <laughs> yes, watching carefully. Probably was very nervous, and we always have this agreement that he will not uh, watch my games. But I think he never. <laughs> yeah, as a, as a mom, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you understand that he, he can't resist. Um, and what do you think of these discussions about how FIDE should treat Russian citizens and um, and whether like whether there should be a differentiation based on whether they're still playing for the Russian flag? I know that these are, are complicated topics, but I feel like someone uh, like you originally hailing from Ukraine, like your 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 opinion should carry a lot of weight. Okay, first of all, I think Russia should 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 be excluded from any team events. Like no team events for Russia. And this is also mixed feelings. We have uh, like many fr uh, friends from Russia who immigrated, who was able to escape war. Okay, not, not war, he was able to escape draft and who was winning, who is like helping Ukrainians and uh, how you can ban them from playing chess. I know there's for some GM, he came to like Ukrainian, uh, other GMs, I'm sorry, I cannot look in your eyes, what happened, what is my country doing, I cannot, I cannot stand it, I will never come back there. Yeah. So, you're not supposed, you, you want to treat such people with respect, you want to let them play chess. Yes, and... Uh, I don't know, there is like, what is uh, like right solution, but there is a still like people who is playing with Karyakin in the same tournament, who is like huge supporter of war in Ukraine. So this yeah. is just unbelievable to to read, to listen what he's saying. I think he should ban from chess forever. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, yeah, Irina Bumaga had a post discussing that. I don't know if if you saw it. I didn't read, but I think it. I I I remember it was very very good post. Yes, I didn't read it like from until the end. Yeah, yeah, it's it's sad to see. And then and then you have uh, people like the Muzichuk sisters who often are not able to play events because there are yes, there I are think Russians. they decline because of uh, because of like Russian participating. I don't know like what is like rules like if Ukraine allowed to play or not. Yeah, I'm with not Russians in the same tournaments. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure either. But anyway, the bottom line is, it would be great if this conflict could end and then we could focus yes, on chess end, and i think like russians who immigrate to europe who just like trying to change federation badly who who said like uh who who has uh, relatives and uh, parents in russia but still they're saying that uh, like uh, they're supporting ukraine publicly i think why why they should be banned from uh, like chess tournaments you think they should not be banned? You're saying the, and okay, the people who immigrated from Russia and who who publicly publicly support Ukraine probably should play chess, continue playing chess. I think this is my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Like I know um, Maria Emilyanova, who's you know a photographer for for chess.com. Yes, yes, I know her very good. Yes, yeah, I mean she's she's devastated by by her country's actions, uh, and I know. Yes, that... exactly. Of course, she should continue playing chess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. People like her and many other yeah. Russian GMs. And uh, like I said, that uh, there is a tournament where like, Karyakin organizes this tournament. I think this is a shame to play with in the same tournament with Karyakin. Well said, Anna. Well, um, let, let's move on to uh, two brighter topics. So um, you... Um, as we mentioned, you have two kids uh, come from chess roots. Your parents were chess trainers. Your husband is a grandmaster. So we have a question from uh, a Patreon supporter of the podcast, David Lazarus of the Westfield Chess Club. Uh, and he's just wondering, uh, as a parent who's a great chess player, how you present the game to your own children, Anna. Yes, my daughter my daughter knows rules, but uh, she doesn't play. But my son uh, began playing this April. Okay, he played before, but online and uh, won a small tournament in uh, Latvia. But now he he's very active. He played about five tournaments. And uh, yes, like I'm trying to train him, but I am mom. I think I need to get another coach for him. Yeah, it's funny how that works. You would think with like, you know, seven, eight national championships between dad and mom, you wouldn't need to hire a chess coach. But often kids, the last person they want to listen to is their own parents. But I was very surprised that my good friend Carmen was able to explain him. He was listening to her better than me. Yeah. Okay. Of course, like I'm coaching, I'm telling him what to do, like how to solve puzzles and things like that. But I have feeling that... Uh, so may, may, maybe okay I, I will coach to him but maybe it makes sense to have somebody else as well yeah but he's enjoying playing and competing yes he's joined that's what i like he's like i said that he's sitting on the same place more than five minutes and thinking <laughs> yes yeah, so this is really something i enjoy as a but... parent as a mom and yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun when they carry on the interest. And let's say he's at home. All kids are very crazy about uh, iPads, about like computer games, and my son is playing chess on computer. So I like it more than some 
I don't know, random game versus like shooting games, which I don't like also. Yeah, for sure. And Anna, obviously someone with your experience, again, the son of, I mean, sorry, the daughter of uh, of chess teachers and accomplished so much as a chess player. Do you have a philosophy about like, if your son were to really get into it and say, all right, mom, I'll do whatever you say. Like, what do you think the best way for him to to improve would be? Okay, to, uh, uh, the best way to improve? Yeah. Uh, to, to analyze games and take seriously what I'm saying to him. And um, think longer than uh, two seconds on each move. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good tip. <laughs> Maybe yeah. two, three. This is uh, yes. Uh, this uh, this what uh, definitely I will remind him to do, and uh, focus better. We will do, go through some openings because he also he says he has his own strategy. <laughs> Mama, you don't know. I have a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> That that yes. sounds familiar. And, but he's improving. He's uh, improving. Yes, and um, that that's uh, great to, to hear. And uh, actually, uh, we already set up time, so we had a couple lessons. I said, okay, we have this time from one to one thirty, but you have to listen. You have to listen to me. I'm not your mom. I'm your teacher, chess teacher. Yes, and uh, it was a couple times, couple times only, and I hope it's in summer when school is off, we will practice again these lessons. Yeah. So, so we are trying to be like very serious, just a chessboard, nothing else. And I need to remind him, so I am. <laughs> you yeah, need they, to focus. They're your coach and not mom. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, but and. Growing up in Ukraine, uh, obviously you were strong from the very beginning, um, competing in youth championships and so on. So what was your approach? Uh, was it what you described, uh, analyzing your games a lot? Like, were you reading a lot of books, Anna? Uh, back, back, uh, back, uh, I was born in Soviet Union yet. We didn't have many books. It's not like in America you can get any book. And... Uh, we had this uh, chess uh, informator. So, of course, yeah. Yes, and uh, I remember I had around me like t t uh, 20 of them and I was just writing down, if you want, I can show you how it looks like I was just <laughs> recently going through. Oh, I, I remember informators. I, um, yeah. Yes. I was just write, uh, writing games, going through games. Uh, um, uh, I was playing French defense and I remember Vaganian games or like Ole Drave, Bariev, like classical games, go through them and writing them down and then also go through them, analyzing them. And so this was approach. Computer was a couple years later, was also was helpful. And of course, practice, practice, playing, motivation. I had huge motivation, but it's very easy was to get motivated in 90s in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Because chess gave me really, really many opportunities in life. And you figured that out pretty early. Yes, yes. I was also studying, I was in university studying finance and accounting. But then I understood that with chess, I can achieve much more, much more I can travel. And I wasn't even sure that I like it. This was probably main reason. Also, then in certain point, I decided to focus only on chess. Okay. And all, also, I immigrated uh, to America as a person with extraordinary ability in chess. This also, I'm very thankful to this. And uh, even sometimes uh, it's so hard to play, and sometimes it's uh, 
it's very difficult to be competitive with chess players. I am still very thankful for what chess gave me in life. Well said, Anna. And what contributed to your decision to emigrate to the United States? Uh, I don't know. Like <laughs> It was so many years ago. It was decision in 2001. Yeah, better life, better possibility to play chess. And um... and there have been some epic stories told here on Perpetual Chess of people who emigrated from the former Soviet Union. Uh, Grandmaster Kaidanov and Grandmaster Yermolinsky have described sort of just, you know, showing up. Maybe they know a chess player or two. Maybe they have a few hundred dollars in their pockets, but just having to figure out like uh, an entire new life. And th those stories are some of my favorites that get told here. So I'm curious, Anna, like, what were you, how much do you remember of your, your first days here? Uh, first days, I was very surprised. And I, I remember first couple of months, I was very unhappy because, okay, like uh, without parents and this is not easy. It's not yeah. like you came in America and you get everything. You right. got nothing. You have no money and like nothing. And, <laughs> and working hard, uh, like learning language. I remember I was like trying to find job and because like, I knew English, but not very good. And this is, was uh, English from school and maybe like some sort of British English. And I called and the person answers. And I didn't <laughs> understand anything. I was like, what? What did you say? I was like such a frustration, such a like, I was so upset, I remember. And like first month, first like years, it was not easy for me. And then I was like playing chess, like teaching chess. And then it was... And you said you were 22, 2001, is that correct? No, no, no. In 2001, uh, I was, <laughs> I was, no, 2001, it was decision to immigrate to America, but I immigrated in 2002. Okay. Yes. And, and did September uh, 11th enter into the decision? Did that make you more nervous about scary. it? I was scary. I was, I got really scary. Yeah. No, no, no. A decision was before September 11th. Yes. But did it give you All second thoughts? Or? Uh, second thoughts? Uh, okay, I was scared and yeah. I, I have never seen uh, like uh, anything like this. But back in Ukraine, we didn't have like, okay, we had internet, but maybe it wasn't so scary as in America by like watching TV, like being witness of such events. Okay. And and what was your, so you described when you, when you came to the United States, it's a struggle to get a job. Uh, you're not confident yet in your English. Uh, what job did you ultimately first get? Uh, okay, just any job, any job. I was looking at any job, and then, um, but when I emigrated to um, uh, America, I think I still I think I played one Olympiad for Ukraine. Okay, like one Olympiad, I came back, uh, like played Olympian for Ukraine, and uh, I was like so scared of this new life. But then I make decisions that I really, I really, really want to start a new life here in America, and I played a tournament in Linzburg. Um. Michael Korenman was organizing it, and I was later working there uh, for their uh, uh, for for his chess school. And uh, then it was a program for American team. We were training hard. The goal was to get medal, and it was easy. It was some motivation. I I knew that I could continue playing chess. That I can. Uh, I met good friends in New York, and. Um, it was very good, very important. Like Susan Porgel organized this program with Kasparov Chess Foundation, I think. 
okay anyway like Kaspara was around like coaching us was which also was huge motivation for me to of course yeah i'm a longtime friends with uh jennifer shahadi and uh and jennifer and those... was part of the team exactly. and also i was staying with her and it was such a new experience i remember uh she asked me a question which cuisine do you like but for for, for a person from ukraine you just don't understand this question like what, what do you mean which cuisine we didn't have like possibility to have uh, different cuisine back then right um, and many things like American life was a new experience for me. And uh, yes. Amazing. So which so once you got to try all all of the sort of different uh, ethnic foods, which one did you like? <laughs> I like Asian food. Yeah. Yeah. I like this is my favorite, maybe Thai food. I like Indian too, like most like this part of the world I like. <laughs> we will be right back with more from WGM Anna Zatansky. And we are back. And now, Anna, because your husband is a German citizen and German champion, you spend a lot of time in Germany too, correct? Yes, yes. I miss, I still in America a lot, but, and I miss America. And this is kind of, I don't like person of the world. Yeah. How's your German? Should be better. <laughs> <laughs> I am able to speak with people, but when uh, like I have to write something, like my husband writes for me and uh, yes, it must be better. And how old were you when you started to spend a lot of time in Germany? <laughs> Sorry. I... So this uh, this was also uh, okay. My daughter was not like quite healthy, so we was like spending like in many different places. In even in Ukraine, we had like some clinic like trying to resolve some issues with your health. So I cannot really say because like I was like going back in Ukraine because I had like connections there and. Uh, she could not walk for a while and uh, she has she has some weak muscles now it's much better now it's it's really we have a lot of um, improvements in this field so it's hard okay. to say so life changed when you start having kids life changed dramatically probably it's for everyone it's, i'm not especially for women yeah yeah um yeah, my my wife says that it's when when our kids were born, it was like a little piece of her was gone and was like put in the kids, you know. Yes, that... yeah, this is true. And also, like my life, it's also like two parts of the line. When with like first child was born and everything before it was it was different. Yeah. Now I am recalling, and you asking me questions and things I even don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this is like two parts of the life. Understandable. Well, Anna, this is maybe been I will have third one after winning Karen's Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the rebirth. Um, we have one more question from a supporter of the podcast, um, Anna, and this one relates to women's titles. Uh, our our friend Jen, of course, has uh, an FAQ answer to questions about women's titles on her website because she gets frustrated that she gets asked about it so often. But this is from uh, Brian Karen, who's a you know strong chess player and not not a beginner he's not saying why do women have titles his question is uh whether he thinks um the women's grandmaster title in particular should possibly have like a different title because it can be confusing for for outsiders do you have an opinion on this uh, uh okay i don't have opinion about title but i can say there is definitely something different in our brains with men mm -hmm. this must be something why men like have better results there is definitely something Okay, women is much better multitasking, and uh, 
chess is just one thing you need to do from morning to the evening. So I don't know how our brains work. And this is very interesting. This is very interesting. And I think we should have like probably different titles because in every sport they have different titles. Yes. Okay. And um, I don't know why. I think the gap will get more like narrow between like men and women chess. Maybe someday we will have, we will play better. But now things are that men are just stronger in chess. And also this is, I think it's like physical sport. I don't know how many pounds I lost after a game versus Irina. Right. So yeah. this is also very physical and men are stronger physically. Yes. And the title for women, probably we need to encourage more girls to play in chess. And uh, it's it's still not easy to achieve a woman grandmaster title. Yeah, it's I mean, I'll read you Jen's answer on her website and you, you can tell me if you agree with this. And I think it'd also be helpful for the listeners because I know there's always new. There's a lot of obviously seasoned chess fans listening to this podcast, but there's always people with a new interest in the game. So Jen writes, FIDE offers both the women's grandmaster and grandmaster title, the latter being a gender neutral title that all genders are eligible for with 40 women achieving the GM title so far. Both correspond to high levels of chess competence with GM requiring a 2500 rating and WGM 2350. Chess is an international game. I think women- 23. I think 23, not 2350. Oh, okay. I'll have to tell Jen. Um, <laughs> chess is an international... I need to check. I need to check on FIDE now. Okay, yeah. You can check while I'm reading if you want because we've got a few more lines. Uh, chess is an international game and women face different challenges to pursue mastery. Many women are justifiably proud of achieving WGM and its high relative rating and celebrate accordingly. Um, still, these titles cause a lot of confusion and I rarely use mine in my I rarely use mine in my own promotion. Could they even limit female ambitions by a false equivalency? I don't think so because chess players are obsessed with rating and very aware of the difference between 2300 and 2500. And Jen says, my ideal solution would be to gradually merge the IM title, which is a gender neutral one, and the WGM title so that a woman can decide which one to display. And she says, similarly, the FM and WIM titles could be merged. Uh, do you, what do you think of those suggestions? I, I don't know. So maybe uh, it's a good idea because it's like I am. It's very close to woman grandmaster title, and I don't know. It doesn't upset me to have woman grandmaster time, but a gender gender neutral also, I think, possible. Yeah. Well, we want you to get the GM title anyway, Anna. Now, yes, I want mm. and I wanted to. Yeah, uh, I mean. Uh, You've got to do it for all us 40-year-olds, um, yes, all us 40-somethings. Yes. You know, like, even like 30 years old, they're like uh, coming to me and saying like, wow, you're just example. I think you're 30, you're 32. Why are you saying this? You're still <laughs> so young. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the way the, the chess world is changing, I can understand being, being 30 and feeling feeling old, you know, um, and yes, I don't... Especially like playing US championship. So we have so many strong girls uh, under 20. Yeah, yeah, which is a good thing, you know, and yes, yes, yeah. yeah the, but when you're playing, you're feeling like you're. I'm so happy that Irina is playing and yeah, playing very good, and in the same tournament for so many years. Yeah, she she's doing great, and Anna. So you've got a bit of downtime before your next tournaments. Do you think, like, will you carry the momentum and keep training, or are you going to take a little break? I w- I want to keep training. 
Unfortunately, after the tournament, I didn't have time. And even if it's school vacation, I will try to find time uh, to keep. Yeah, because I think it's very important to keep like brain exercise. Yeah. So, so. I think it, th th this really helps. This really helps. And one of the reasons why I dropped so many points, maybe I just didn't do enough work. Okay. Um, so more in-game studies or do you think you'll switch it up? Uh I, I I would probably go like through like real end game study like some theoretical end games. Okay, yeah, yeah you so had a lot of end games in my like... plan, and this is like so many good books. And uh, uh, before the tournament, I was uh, I had like one day training session with uh, Tatiana Brakamian and Kostya Kavutsky. We did some uh, Dvoretsky books. Oh so yeah. So this one is a really good one. I want to buy and uh, go through this book. The end game manual. No, no, that's reassess your opponents. Uh, oh, recognize your opponent's resources. Recognize, yeah. yes, yeah, recognize yeah. this one. So, so many good ones. Um, well, Anna, again, thanks for the inspiration. Uh, do you have anything to add before we say our goodbyes? It's just been, it's been. Yeah, I'm very glad to, uh, to be here. Thank you. Thank you for the interview. And um, uh, I don't know, I'm not good in speeches. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't prepare well, so maybe there is something I need to also learn. Uh, no, you, you've you've done great, and thank you. We'll we'll definitely be rooting for your continued success, Anna. It's been uh, been great to chat. Yeah, thank you so much, Ben, and thank you everyone for listening. And good luck in chess. You enjoy your enjoy your game. So this is, I think, the most important part. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.